Newton's been moving forward with economic development actions, not just plans. The two particular areas I've been interested in and very soon personally involved in are outdoor recreation and the film industry. In September of last year, we held our first ever film festival in Farmington. Several exciting things happened at that festival, and I'm on my way to meet one of those. Michael Johnson is an author with six or more books under his belt. He writes under the name of Michael Kent. He's a publisher with six outside writers signed, and he came to our film festival with an interest in making a movie. What Mike and his wife experienced during the film festival caused them to immediately agree. We need to sell our house in L.A. and move here to Farmington. <laughs> Used to be people moved to L.A. to make a movie. Nope. Now a good bet is to come to Farmington. And Michael did more than that. He hooked up with local film mogul Brent Garcia to launch Farmington's first full-service film company. And they're in production on movies. Mike's story is even more interesting than that. And I'm going to ask him a couple of questions and let him talk. Because some really interesting things come flowing out of that mind of his when you get him talking. And I love it. You want to see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. Ken's Think Tank is made possible by the following sponsors. Basin Home Health and Hospice and Basin Coordinated provide home health services like skilled nursing, PT, OT, and caregivers. They operate 24-7, 365 to keep patients healthy and in their happy place at home next to their favorite people and things. So now you got to interview, you got to run the cameras, yeah. you got to drive. Okay. Yeah. Mike, do you, do you prefer Mike or Michael? Whatever rolls off your tongue the easiest. <laughs> As long as, as long as you know people are talking to you, yeah. that'll work. Yeah. Alright. So your name is Michael, Michael Kent, Kent Johnson. Johnson. So, um, so a lot of people know you as Michael Johnson, but your pen my, name, my pen name is, is Michael, Michael Kent. Kent. So, cool. for author and for uh, screen credits, right. it's Michael Kent. Awesome. Just for continuity. Mention that. So the reason you have a pen name is because you are an author. Yeah, I'm a underread great author. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, me and my wife run a publishing company. We have five going on seven other authors. Okay. So we're uh, in the final editing phases of our sixth outside author. I'm going to Los Angeles later this week to sign our seventh author. Okay. You're not from here. No, originally I'm from Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, no, not Detroit, bro. Yeah. Detroit. So, uh, Detroit. Yeah. So yeah, that accent is on the second syllable. <laughs> so quite a difference. Um... Quite a difference between there and here. Not so much now that I'm 64 years old, sure. but a lot of difference when I was a kid. So, right. let me tell you about my history. Yeah, you grew up there. Okay, and... so I was born Michael Kent Martin. Okay. And that's my mother's maiden name, and I'm a rape baby. Okay. So my father's name ain't even on the uh, birth certificate. For father's name, it right. says unknown. Growing up in Detroit, 
most families, the average family had eight kids. Okay. So it was four or five boys in every family. Yeah. And a father. Right. Tough town. All yeah. those boys were like soldiers raised by a general, the right. father. Right. I didn't have a father or brothers. So right. I generally had no protection. Right. So <clears throat> for fun, we'd throw rocks at each other in the alleys. Yeah. And I don't mean little tiny rocks. Right. I mean a big rock that yeah. fits right in the crook of your finger there. Yep. We called them eggheads. Yeah. And we had rock wars, throwing rocks at each other's head. Yeah. We made bow and arrows out of branches. And on the end of the arrows, we bent uh, like a Coke bottle cap. Oh, yeah. So there's sharp, good right. sharp, put your eye right out. Yeah. And we shot those at each other's uh, eyes. <laughs> we threw, and I'm saying we, but not so much me, because I wasn't that tough. It was a right. very tough town. Right. And I wasn't that tough, but um, we throw cherry bombs at each other. Yeah. We play cherry bomb chicken, right? Yeah. So <laughs> both people uh, hold the cherry bomb, light the fuse, and whoever holds it the longest wins. Lord have mercy. Well, when I did it, <laughs> I won. And that uh, that cherry bomb went off right at my thigh, Yeah. dug a mark in my thigh. Uh, if I would have had on uh, boxers instead of briefs, I would have been damaged. Let yeah. me put it like that. Yeah. By the time I was 12, uh-huh. I had to drink. Yeah. I had to because I walked around in fear Yeah. every single day. Uh, when I was 10, I shot myself in the leg playing with bullets. <laughs> and uh, I dug it out in a friend's family car. With a pair of tweezers, yeah. by myself. Yeah, I didn't even know I should have went to the uh, to the hospital. Actually, it was the back end, the shell casing that okay. went an inch into my leg. At fourteen, the city started getting flooded with this white powder. Yeah, they called it skag, and uh, I remember a friend trying to give it to me for free, and I said, "No, I'm gonna stick to my wine." You can get a bottle of Thunderbird for a dollar. Yeah. And one time I took the friend up on a, on a on the offer, and I sniffed that white powder and I threw up and went to sleep. And I told him, uh, Carl, all that made me do was throw up and go to sleep. I can hear his voice right now. He said, "That's the high, man." <laughs> and I was hooked before yeah. I knew it was heroin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I started when I was 14. Mm. I didn't stop till I was 30. So I left Detroit at uh, barely 17. I joined the Air Force on a bet from a buddy when I was 16. Yeah. And I left just after my 17th birthday. And the year I was overseas for the Vietnam War, more of my friends died in Detroit than I knew of people that died in the Vietnam War. Yeah. I was safer in the war yeah. than I was in my That's crazy. in my hometown. Yeah. So uh, I left there with that fear and paranoia still in in me. I thought the whole world was like Detroit that uh-huh. uh set fires to uh places on the night before Halloween. 
Yeah, you and, would. Uh, you know, growing up like that, you would think that that's just yeah. normal. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of forged in that fire. So uh-huh. any story I tell in a book is tempered with that same grit. Right. So I went off to the Air Force at 17, heroin addict in Thailand and the Philippines. And I went to college when I came back to the States. Heroin addict through college, graduated at the top of my class and went to work at Hughes Aircraft Company in El Segundo, California. Right. Still carrying that habit with me. Right. So for uh, from 24 to 30, I was a rocket scientist and a heroin addict at the same time. Crazy man. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. God struck me sober at 30 years old. That's a longer story than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I learned a new way of life in Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And uh, I still go. 34 years after yeah. being sober, I just left the AA meeting that ended in one. That's why I okay. said uh, 115. But... Over the years, uh, I got rid of that bag of fear that I was carrying around. And eventually, I became fearless. Mm -hmm. And um, people don't know you can live like that, but you can live without fear and doubt. So now I speak uh, success. I divorced heroin and married Jesus when I was 42 years old. Uh, I don't know, 17 years into, so wait, 12 years into sobriety. I got sober at 30. I got saved at, uh, no, I was 46 when I got saved. Okay. And my life changed again. I became a Bible scholar. Yeah. So I uh, studied the Bible for uh, six years, and all that goes into my writing. So. Right. When I was in the uh, rocket science industry, uh, man, I saw some things. I spent a lifetime in missile control rooms and satellite launch control rooms like at Cape Canaveral and and Cape Kennedy uh, doing the countdown. Yeah. Uh, In 1999 and 2000, I was on assignment in White Sands, New Mexico. And the mission was to shoot down supersonic missiles with the high-energy ground laser. Right. So I was leading the band when we shot down the first one. So all this uh, background in physics and Jesus and a gritty upbringing, Uh all of that goes into my writing. Yeah. And that's what makes me different. That is what makes you different. You are, you're kind of a faith-based sci-fi horror writer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's three different genres in there. Yeah. Yeah. I learned to write horror. Well, I learned to write science fiction by working on proposals for interplanetary space flights. When I was, uh... Actual. We're not talking about writing. Right, right. So... That's kind of sci-fi because (laughs) I had to write like we knew how to do it when we really didn't know how to do it. Um, And I learned to write horror while I was working on that uh, missile shoot down in White Sands from a girl who specialized in horror. 
everybody in Alamogordo, New Mexico was an author. And I didn't understand why until I lived there for six months, right? Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to do but read. <laughs> and uh, after reading yeah. about 20 novels, uh, I decided that I could write better than half of them. Than, and that, than what you were reading. Yeah, that's where it uh, started at. So you came here from L.A. I came here from L.A. I lived in L.A. for uh, two lifetimes. I moved there. Yeah. When I was 24, still a heroin addict. Okay. Once I got sober, I lived a couple of more lifetimes. Yeah. So I lived a sober heathen lifestyle before I got yeah. sober. Right. Because after being a drunk and a heroin addict, the first thing that comes alive when you get sober is your sex drive. Yeah. So <laughs> picture us in AA meetings with all the uh, mid-80s crackheads. Yeah. Because this was just before Cocaine Anonymous started. Yeah. And I led sort of a wild life of uh, promiscuity sure. and such. Yeah. But all that changed when uh, I found Jesus uh-huh. through reading a book that my girlfriend's mother gave, gave me. Uh, it started with the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. Okay. I didn't know it was about religion until I was on page 400. So yeah. Yeah. when I finished it, I was like, oh, God, is there more of this? She gave me this Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. That pass, passage in uh, Matthew that says, uh, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I bind fear and doubt here on earth. Right. And it's bound for me in the heavenlies. And I lose faith, encouragement, and positivity yeah. here on earth. And God got my back in heaven. Yeah. So I'm really serious about this stuff. Yeah. When I when I write about it. Well, that's what makes a good writer. Not just dreaming up some intangible concept. Right. Or, um, something that actually means. Right. So all, all my books um, have sound biblical doctrine. And it's got one whopper of a of a tall tale because I'm the master of the tall right. tall tale. What brought you to Farmington, uh, all places from from L.A.? I never would have thunk it, right. but the week after I stopped going to work, this girl from the mid 1800s spoke to me. Okay. She told me her name in a dream. Her name was Molly Pickett. She spoke to me in the same voice that I write The Haunting of Molly Pickett in. So I wrote a book, and it started with this girl's story. So she told me her name at night. The next day, uh, I was looking up at the hills in uh, San Bernardino, San Bernardino Mountains, and she told me her story of uh, being left by her parents, having to turned to prostitution and she ended up selling her soul to something in a haunted gold mine. Okay. Something. Yeah. And she ended up having an offspring. And you got to read the rest of the book to find out what happened to her and the offspring. So Molly Pickett wrote the prologue 
I just listened and scribbled it down and yeah. typed it up. And that's your first book? That's my first solo book. If, okay. Me and the girl from New Mexico, uh, Kadera Lee, we wrote a book together, but it got ripped off and turned into four made-for-TV movies. Really? Yeah, it was called The Librarian. The Librarian. They didn't even bother to change the name. <laughs> so it had the same tone, same wickets to go through. Really? And uh, starring Noah Wiley, right? Oh, man. So somebody called me and said, Mike, your book is on TV. And it was on TV. I just didn't get credit for it. Wow. So the next book, The Haunting of Molly Pickett, I, I protected. I didn't really show it to everybody like I did the first one. Right. This book, Molly Pickett, just got up and started walking. It sold lots of copies. Somebody read, oh, I ended up having to publish it myself. Okay. That's how my publishing company started. Right. So I published it in 2016, started Extravagant Promises Press Publishing Company, and uh, a friend read the book, and he recommended it to his friend, recommended it to his friend, his friend called me and said, can I write a screenplay? I said, sure, I'd be honored. So we collaborated. He wrote the screenplay. It took him a year. Yeah. We entered it in a contest. He entered it in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. We went to Atlanta, pitched the screenplay, and Brent Garcia yeah. from Farmington, New Mexico, happened to be in the audience. And we connected. He said, great story. He said, let's make a movie trailer. Yeah. And I paid half and he paid half for the for the trailer. Uh -huh. And it was two years before the trailer actually came out. I was a little anxious along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we ended up bringing the screenplay to Farmington last year to the uh, Four Corners Film Festival. Right. The fir film festival. The right. first one. And the stars aligned. We met uh, movie distributors, producers, directors, actors. Uh, they had classes on how to make movies, how to find locations, yeah. how to write screenplays. And uh, that was my first real access to the, uh, to the movie business. Right. Four hours into the film festival, me and my wife looked at each other. And said, we got to move here. Yeah. So I put my house on the uh, market in California. Yeah. It sold in two months, and we were out here wow. by the time escrow closed. Wow. I hooked up with Brent. We formed Tomahawk Ridge Films. So right. we came here to make movies. Now, five of them are going to be from uh, my line of work called Tales from the Mike Side. Right. This creepy gritty, otherworldly, divine Christian fiction horror with giants <laughs> and werewolves and uh, right. beasts from the Bible. Right. See, the Bible is just rife with spectacular stories, and you don't really have to go any farther than the crucifixion, res resurrection, second coming of Christ, Genesis, uh, to just find fantastic <laughs> storyline yeah. so and then there's the people here who uh make big deals on a handshake yeah without getting lawyers involved uh helping friends out 
So because of the uh, lack of red tape, because of the friendliness, because of the economy, because Tomahawk Ridge has all of its own equipment, we have uh, 2,000 square feet of studio space, including a full-size green screen. Right. We're able to make the movies ourselves at 10 cents on the dollar. Oh, man compared yeah. to Hollywood. So right. we can make a $10 million movie here right. for less than a million dollars. Right. So that $10 million movie in LA, yeah. it has to make $10 million yeah. to break even, yeah. right? So if yeah. we make it for a million right. and it happens to make $10 Ten. million, yeah, yeah we've uh, upped our yeah. profit by order of magnitude. That yeah. means times 10. Yes. I just love the story of, you know, a hard upbringing in a hard place um, going into some hard career paths, you know, <laughs> ending up and, and excelling at hard career paths and ending up in a, in a hard place to do business and all of that leading you here. Yeah. Well, I I consider you a new friend, so Same here, I'm glad I met you. Same here. Yeah. Me too, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting what you do. This is cool. So uh, I haven't officially said it yet. You've been here for a little while. Yeah. But welcome to Farmington. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> All right. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com